Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 445 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, I'm joined by Taria Vision Avant for a really fun conversation about going from speaking for other people to speaking for yourself and writing books, two experiences that uh, her and I both have in common. Now, uh, Taria started speaking as a leader in a network marketing company where she was delivering everything from small meetings among friends to motivational speeches in front of thousands of people. And eventually, for reasons that she's going to elaborate on today, she broke out of the network marketing, forged her own path as a speaker. Something that's pretty amazing about Taria's speaking career is that when she started out on her own, she only spoke at workshops that she had organized herself for the first few years. That means she herself booked the space, planned the event, marketed, sent the invitations, and she was making six figures that doing it that way. Now, eventually, she decided that it was in her best interest to get on the stage of other people's events, like most speakers do, but organizing her own workshops and webinars is still a huge part of what she does today. If you're really passionate about leading your own events your own way and what that like, then I think you're really going to learn a lot about this in today's show. She has also written several books and part of her coaching business is helping people write books that amplify their business and personal brand. I went through the uh, book writing process a couple years ago for my book, The Successful Speaker. And the truth is that a lot of speakers want to write a book, but just aren't really sure what to write about or have an idea for a book and aren't really sure that anybody will actually read it. So we're going to dig into the nuts and bolts of what to do so that your book actually has an impact and adds a stream of income. So Let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Rhea Vision Avant. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are chatting with Taria Vision Avant, and uh, we're going to have a, a great conversation today talking all things speaking and uh, talking about books as well. So, uh, Taria, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm over here like fangirling a little bit because I've definitely followed you for several years, and so definitely excited to talk today. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So, first of all, why don't you give us some context of your business, what it looks like, and then how does... Uh, uh, specifically, how does speaking fit into the mix? Well, absolutely. Well, well, to keep a very long story short, I learned my speaking actually in the space of network marketing, um, doing a lot of presentations. And I mean, honestly, in the network marketing world, you get some of the best speakers, right? Because you learn how to really present. Um, and then in 2015, I decided to go into the space of coaching 
And um, with coaching, you know, I believe that one of the most, most important assets that you, you have to have is that of a speaking skill. And so being able to paint the picture, you know, show people where they are and how you can help to transform their lives uh, to get to where they want to be. And the people that are good at doing that with their words are the ones who tend to have the most success. So when I first started off in the coaching space back in 2015, I was doing workshops literally three to four times per month in different locations. I went on this tour all over the US um, speaking. And I like to say that my speaking style is not necessarily that of a motivational speaker, but more of educational and training. And so I definitely use my voice. And of course, as an author, you know, that's always gonna be typically the next step is speaking. How big a part is uh, of your business is speaking still today? Oh. 90% of, I mean, that's all I do wow. all day long is speak. So even with coaching, I, anything that you use your voice, that's speaking to me. Right. So, yeah. you know, even with my coaching, I have to speak. So, you know, I'm always speaking. Um, I mean, I pitch myself to speak on di different platforms. So I'm always, always speaking. I tell every entrepreneur, I don't care what your product or service is that you have to develop the skill set of knowing how to speak in front of people. Yeah. And so let's go back in time. You mentioned that you kind of came out of the network marketing world. Has that always been like pre-speaking, pre-coaching? Has that always been your career? Oh, no. Um, so I actually went to school to, for computer science. And so I am a technology lover. Um, okay. Well, gadgets, shall we say. I always love the internet, but <laughs> I love gadgets. It's so weird because speaking was something I never wanted to do. In fact, Grant, I was so bad. When I did have a corporate job, I would wear like big headphones coming into the office because I didn't want nobody to speak to me because I didn't yeah. want to speak. Like I just wanted to be in my cubicle, minding my business. And then like if we ever had to call a client, ugh, I used to hate it, right? So yeah. like, speaking was never my thing. Um, however, what, what's funny is um, somebody invited me to co-host this late night like urban television show in Virginia where I'm from. And so that's where it really launched like my speaking space. Um, I had a chance to interview celebrities and my first interview was, um, I think their group name was, Dis was it Disturbing the Peace? I think that's Ludacris's group, Disturbing the Peace. Okay. And so I interviewed them, but I was, <laughs> I was like whispering, I was like, so, and they were like, you scared or something? I'm like, girl, speak up. And so <laughs> that's how I got into the space of speaking in front of people. Um, network marketing was actually something that fell on my lap. I didn't even realize that I was getting into network marketing. I just had moved to Atlanta, you know, after my father had passed away, I moved to Atlanta to start my entrepreneurship journey. And this young lady was telling me about these trainers, waist trainers. And I was like, okay, well, let me try it out. And next thing you know, I'm in a network marketing company. That first company I was in, I didn't do really any speaking. It wasn't until I actually got into the second company after like nine months in the first, I got into the second company where I realized that the person that was in front of the room was the one who controlled the audience. So mm. I started to actually ask, can I start speaking? And then because I realized how powerful it was to be in that space, I started investing into learning how to speak. And so I will say, as far as me being a speaker trainer, it did start in the network marketing space. But I've had, when I tell you I'm like the, the former tripreneur, I've tried everything literally under the sun between me being in the corporate space and now being in the space of speaking and coaching. 
Interesting. So when you were doing the, like the network marketing speaking, were you working on behalf of the company or were you an independent trainer? So, so yeah, so I was not brought in to train for the company. In fact, I had never really built network marketing before. So yes, I was speaking on behalf of the company. I will say this though. One of the things that I always wish that I would have done um, while I was doing that was building my craft to speak for myself for speaking you know, in spaces where I was the brand and not necessarily the company, but yes, I, and I tell people, listen, if you want to have a good place to get up and learn how to speak, Hey, do a meeting in a network marketing company and learn, but you do ultimately need to invest into that coaching because I mean, it goes deeper than just knowing how to, you know, recite the words that you see, yeah. paying attention to the audience and everything. And I learned a lot of that in the industry of network marketing. Yeah, I'd totally echo that. I know in my own experience, like I worked for a seminar company for a while early on, worked with a school assembly organization. And even though I was speaking on their behalf, it just gave me at bats. It gave me reps and it yeah. gave me practice, yes. you know. And so there were, you know, any any chance I could get in front of an audience and they were giving me a chance to get in front of an audience, it was it was a win. Uh, and so I'm curious, like when, when you're doing that, uh, were you basically training other people, other network marketers, or were you helping people to, you know, fill their downlines? Or like, what did that look like? So I was given, I, I would speak in, in different ways. So we would have like the weekly meetings where that was to bring guests so we could introduce them to the company, right? Now, mm -hmm. the great thing about many companies is they generally have like a format of how they want you to present, but then of course you add your own sauce to it, right? Yeah. And then we would also do Saturday trainings. So those typically, the person that would lead those trainings were the leaders in the organization. And so I would do a lot of the training. So we teach on just different principles, different techniques of how to grow your business. And I believe that's really where I got the skill set of being really good at educating. Because my thing is that as a speaker, I was always trying to find ways that would really get people to visualize themselves in this space, experience it, even if it's just experiencing it through their mind, so that then they could take action. I, I think that's a really, really good skill set as a speaker to be able to get people to believe in themselves to take action so Saturdays was when we did a lot and then we would have our international conferences um, can I tell you this is the funniest thing so that was like was like 10,000 people and I had a chance to get on the stage and speak um, and that was where I was really being recognized for hitting one of these top level of leaderships. And I mean, I just had so much fun, but I was telling everybody just really like the journey of entrepreneurship and telling them, you know, about how they had to stay focused and making sure that you have the right circle. So that was more like inspirational, right? right. Um, so I've done different styles and I will tell you, yeah, I, I learned a lot from that, but don't get it twisted. Like when I started to see how good I was getting, I definitely wanted to see myself outside and doing something for myself. So that was kind of like my training wheels to get me rolling. And now it's like stepping out there and putting yourself in, in front of your own platforms or in front of your own audiences to build your platform. How long were you with a network marketing company before you started thinking about what would this look like if I did it on my own? Well, I, I, I abruptly left my company. That's a whole nother conversation. But I was with that company. Well, I was with one company from 2009 to about 2010. And then I stayed for that company for about four, four years actively building. The last year was when it was kind of like, okay, it's time to probably do something different. And I really want to go into doing something for myself. So 2015 is when I marched out into my own workshops. And baby, that was a journey. So... <laughs> 
Talk us through that journey because that's a, that's the spot where a lot of speakers are at where they've done some speaking before. I like speaking. I would love to do more of it. Maybe it's for my company. Maybe it's on my own. And it's oftentimes it's stuff that's like it's fallen in my lap. It's been word of mouth. It's been a referral from a friend. And I've done a few things here or there. Uh, and I want to do more of it. And I can like loosely think of the idea of me doing it on my own. But then like actually doing it is two different things, you know, because you have, you know, dependents and bills and you got to eat and live indoors and those type of things. And so how did you kind of think through like, all right, I want to do my own thing and I think I'm good enough to do my own thing perhaps, but thinking about it and wanting to do it and wishing I could do it and clicking my heels together and actually doing it are different things. So like what, what was that process like for you? Well, let me tell you why. I had to create this mindset first. When I decided that I wanted to get into the space of being a coach and a speaker, I remember I was on the phone with a friend of mine um, at the time, was I thought was a friend, and we were talking just about, you know, just what we had been going through journeys, and him and his wife were putting together these conferences. And I'll never forget, I asked him, I said, well, why don't you have me come and speak? And he told me that I was not ready. He was like, because you're not ready. And I was like, what? So at that moment, that's when I realized, like, Taria, you don't need to wait for somebody to tell you that you're good enough to get on their platform. Build your own. So I put out to do my own workshop. My very first workshop that I did, and I'll never forget the number, I had 61 people that showed up to this event. Now, keep in mind, the style of speaking that I do, I typically pitch an offer at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So I sell at the end. So that very first event, we had 61 people. I think I had 11 people that were like vendor tables, which by the way, helped me to pay for the marketing in this space, right? And then I made an offer and I sold five packages. This is my first time ever doing the workshop. Yeah. But I learned this skill set because in network marketing, that's all we did, home parties, hotel meetings, like we did our own events and I knew how to invite and promote and market, which by the way, is nothing more than just sliding in the DMs. That's all I do. I just slide in the DMs. Yeah. Hey, what you doing Saturday? Come to this workshop. Right. And so I was like really, really floored. Like I was so excited. And then I said, well, I'm going to do an event in Houston too, because when I was in my network marketing company, I would come to Houston. I would easily have 500 people in a room when in the network marketing, but it's totally different in MLM because you have all the other leaders promoting and marketing for you because you're coming. So right. now it went from me having, you know, several leaders to promote to it's just to re promoting. And I had like 27 people show up and I was like, now, mind you, I had to pay for this hotel space that was expensive. Mm -hmm. I had to pay for the travel and my stay and everything. I didn't make much money at all. And I remember being being at that point thinking like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. And you know, and after a couple of, you know, honestly weeks of just like pitying myself, I had to pick myself up. Cause I mean, what am I going to do otherwise? And so I decided to start doing as many workshops that I could. I was doing them every weekend, sometimes twice during the weekend and just pushing myself and then inviting people. I'd sent it so many invites to people. Like they would leave me on red. I would send a message every week, just leave me on red until eventually they either say I'm not interested, which most people don't, or they come right and so that was my grind i did not for the first um i want to say from 2015 to 2019 i didn't pitch myself to be on anybody's stage i was just doing my own workshops and mind you i was making over six figures now my first full year i didn't make a full six but after that first year well my first year because it wasn't a full year but the next year i've made over six figures in this space of speaking and coaching not asking to be on anyone's stage 
But then I realized that I needed to start networking and connecting. And so I've been willing to make investments to get on stages. I've been willing to partner with people to get on stages. It's not always about somebody booking me or paying me to come and speak. It's sometimes just about that opportunity and exposure. And that's what we've been focusing on now. When you were, when you started, when you left the network marketing, you're doing your, you started doing your own gigs uh, and you're hosting your own gigs. Uh, were you still doing stuff in the network marketing space or something totally unrelated? I completely left. Um, well, let me tell you what happened. So where my expertise is in is helping those who are speakers and coaches learn how to leverage their book to build a business, right? And so what happened to me is when I wrote this book in the company that I was in, I was told, I was like basically embarrassed in front of the entire like leadership team that if you're trying to write a book and you're a leader in the company, you cannot get on the platform. And I just thought that was very ignorant to say because being an author is definitely an amazing title to have and it's very edifiable. And so I was like, what? And so I, in, in my mind, I was just like, he just doesn't understand the power of being an author. And I literally wrote that book because I was using it to grow my organization, my network marketing. But when I got that kind of feedback, I said, I'm out of here. And then that's when I decided. And so I no longer built the company. And I also wanted to show others in the multi-level marketing space, like how, you know, you could build your own brand and at the same time still build that business if you so choose. But also because of conflict of interest, I don't build a company because I work with so many different leaders in different companies. So this is all that I do full time. Gotcha. Uh, okay, let's shift gears and talk about the book stuff for a second, um, because that's been a. It seems like that's been a core part of your business is teaching entrepreneurs, teaching thought leaders how to utilize a book in their business. So, give us the speech. Why should speakers consider writing a book? Because when you write a book, especially the right book, you are immediately considered the expert. Okay. So my first book was called A Vision of Freedom. It's now called A Six Figure Vision. And in the book, I talk about goal setting, vision boards, mentorship. Well, I pitched this book to a bridal organization. Okay. Now I've not even been married yet. Lord Jesus, send them my way. But I've not even been married yet. Right. And this bridal organization want me to come and speak about, guess what? Vision boards because I wrote it in my book. So I was like, whoa, I had BNI actually saying, hey, can you come and host a meeting? Now, mind you, if you're in multi-level marketing, a lot of times networking organizations do not want you to come and talk because they know all you're going to do is get over here and talk about your product or your service and try to pitch it. And so, I mean, when I'm telling you doors were opening up, I had, they wanted me to come and speak. I had a real estate organization wanting me to come and talk about mentorship. So when you write those right books, and I'm not talking about necessarily memoirs and biographies, I'm talking about self-help, how to, what is the transformation that you actually speak about? This provides opportunity for you. And for my speakers that are speaking for the space of like motivation, this gives you another, this is another um, stream of income where you can actually make some money and then also leverage it into other opportunities. So like I always say, if I had the right sound effect, I need to find it. Like what the sounds of heaven might sound like when you're walking through, because that's what happened when I wrote the book. It was like, oh, it was like, what? I'm so, I can't believe I never thought about this before because like literally everybody was wanting me to speak. And so that is a door opener people. And, and the funny thing is, nobody's ever asked, well, have you really ever made six figures or are you really living the life of freedom? The assumption is she wrote about it. She must know about it. Come and speak about it. Now, if you do come and speak and you don't sound like you know what you're talking about, you will be exposed. So you write about topics that you actually know and it opens up doors. 
Do you find that that's always going to be the case? Because I know that there, there's certainly going to be speakers who they wrote a book and like business transformed for them, like you're talking about. And other speakers who wrote a book and it was crickets and everything in between, right? So what makes the difference between a speaker or an author who writes a book and like it really is a game changer and those that, that don't have that same experience? Well, first of all, where many authors fall um, fall between their cracks is they never planned out the book. So, and what do I mean by that? You know, a lot of times people tell me, well, people told me I need to tell my story. Okay, well, first of all, the truth is nobody, maybe one or two might be looking up the life story of Taria Avant, but they're not looking it up. Most people are not looking up my life story. So that's where most people fail. They don't plan it. And so for me, what happened was I needed to write a book because I wanted people who did not see network marketing as a real business to still respect me as an authority figure in the entrepreneurship space. So I planned to write this book where I could talk about specific skill sets that I knew that people that I was presenting in front of would be interested in. So we have to plan this out. A lot of times people will just create this book that doesn't have really any major purpose. When people read them, they don't really know what's next. What else do you offer? They don't really understand, you know, like what is the journey? Um, also, let's talk about titling it. So this, and I know you probably can even relate to this when people title their talks. You know, when people have talks that are like, you know, identify your deeper purpose into digging into the da, 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 nobody knows what that means, right? And so if you write a title about a book and nobody knows what you're talking about, nobody's going to buy it. And if they do buy it, it's because they're supporting you, right? So they're supporting you, but they're not going to read it. And so the books that I've read before are the ones that make specific promises. Dump him. How to dump your man in 30 days and live the life of your dreams now girl can you come and talk to us about dumping your man because we've got all these single women in here or these women that are career women and they think that they got to hold on for the sake of that 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 right or hey climb the corporate ladder how i was able to land and get a raise of over xyz in 90 days or less working my job very specific and that's the same when you're even creating your talk titles you know unless you're a celebrity if you try to make people figure out what the heck your book is about as well as your title honey nobody's listening and nobody's reading and so I always tell people you got to make sure that that book is selling itself and don't be so emotionally attached to it you know my biggest thing is this like when when it's all said and done I want people to remember me how for how I changed their lives not just because they bought my book right and so if you buy my book and because it's not giving the right promise you never read it am I changing that person's life no. And so I always share with people like, you so emotional about this title. You think this title is so deep and amazing, but nobody's reading it. And so you might have to make updates and adjustments and you might have to change the content a bit. Never be afraid to do that. And so, you know, when these folks write these books and they just don't sell, the question is, do people know what it's about? Did you create a game plan so that it can build multiple streams? Also, are you willing to update it if you need to? Um, because this is the deal. Book money truly is really no money. Like if your goal is only to sell books. <clears throat> you got to sell a lot of books. Yeah. And that's for, I mean, I joke about it all the time. I say First Lady Michelle Obama probably had one of the top grossing books to sell of all time when it comes to biographies. I know a lot of people who bought it still haven't read it. They just bought it because it's a keepsake, right? But is it still selling like it was selling when it first came out several years ago? No. 
So we have to remember that a book sale is not should not be the final, you know, the final thing that people have when it comes to buying your books. And if you create that type of a game plan, it makes it easier for you to make more money and get in front of more people. Mm, good stuff. I really like the you know the, the point that you make about a lot of times people want to write a book because they, they, they come from a good place, but saying like, I have a story that I want to share. Here's the obstacle that I overcame and here's my life story and I want to be able to help people. And like, that's all well and good. But the reality is like, nobody cares. They don't care about your life story. They don't care about the obstacle that you overcame. They don't care about whatever, you know, challenge that you had because everybody's got their own challenges. Yes. And so, uh, so for someone who's coming from that place of going like, yeah, but my, you know, I want to use my story to help <laughs> people. My story has helped. But yeah, I'm, I'm this unique starfish. Like, what, what do you say to that person? I say, uh, well, first of all, I always tell people, I say, what you want to do is think about like people with a sign on their forehead that says, help me. And I'm sorry, but you telling me your story is not going to help me. And mm. I came up with this the other day. I don't know if I heard it somewhere else because you know how when you listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Here, I said, no one is looking for everything. Some of y'all gonna catch this later, but there's literally nobody in the world right now going on Google saying, I need help with, can you help me with everything in my life right yeah. now? Like people are looking for a specific transformation. I say that your book is for helping them with the transformation. You help enough people, they'll invite you to get on a stage so you can then tell your story. So people wanna know how to go from A to B. Stop trying to give people the whole A to Z and then Think about it like this. If your story is amazing, it's incredible, but you're still alive, you're telling me that you feel like you've lived the best part of your life so far, right? There's nothing else that's gonna happen. I've got so much more living to do. Why would I tell my story right now, right? It's Because it, yeah. every time you write, you're always gonna have a new chapter that you need to add. When you finish the book, oh, I need to add this, I need to do this. So just remember, people are looking for specifics. Now, if you're saying, well, Grant, no, but my story's still amazing, okay, cool. If nobody buys it then, I mean, okay, at least you could say you did it. But now let's go ahead and write something that people are searching for. What are they Googling? If they'll Google it, they'll pay for it. And then when they pay for it enough, then you can get up there and share your story. In fact, I say this, I say the only time you should write your biography is when you walk in from, into a room of like 5,000 and literally everybody knows who you are. That's when people are ready to buy the bios, which is weird because they already know who you are. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Uh, okay, let's shift gears for a second. Let's talk about um, as it relates to a book, just because someone has a book doesn't mean it automatically translates to speaking gigs and to coaching clients. There's a lot of books out there and not every author is being booked for gigs. So how do how do speakers and authors make the transition from I have a book, but how do I make sure that that book is leading to speaking gigs? Absolutely. Well, this is where I always say this is where the real work begins, because just because the book is printed doesn't mean it's... <laughs> You got to grind, you got to roll mm -hmm. up the sleeves. So you have to be willing to pitch yourself. And so for me, a book is a great business card. What I'll do is I'll go look at events that are catering to the type of audience that I can speak in front of. And I teach my students to do this as well. I say, listen, go find some really, really great events. A book may cost you three to $5, let's just keep it real. You find events that are gonna have a great audience and you pitch yourself, of course, but then also offer to send them a copy of your book. Send them a copy of your speaker sheet, which hopefully everybody should have, right? Send them a copy of an intro letter. Make it a nice packet, because one thing I know about authors is they try, they so busy trying to sell a book, honey, <laughs> give away. I'm not giving away a book, right? So you're separating yourself 
immediately from others who are trying to pitch themselves for speaking. So I do that all the time. I send out copies of my books to people who are hosting events. I send copies of my books to media outlets, copies of my book. I actually sent you some books. I don't uh-huh. know if you got them. Yes, I sent, I believe I you did. Co- yeah, I send copies of my books everywhere because this is my marketing tool for me. This is a tool. It's not my income, right? It's a tool. So I always tell people, you got to pitch yourself. You have to, you should never leave anywhere without your books, right? So yesterday I went to an event, this, this event here in, in Texas, and it was an amazing event. She unfortunately sold out of all her speaker spots, right? I had found out about it late, but no worries. I still sent her some of my books because she's going to be doing another event because I sent her that. And I told her, listen, I would love to come and just do a free talk, you know, X, Y, Z, not even going to sell anything. Cause I don't always try to pitch stuff for sale. I just offer like free giveaways. I'd love to come and speak. Well, she couldn't get me for this one, but she's for sure excited about me coming for the next one and speaking. I have done this over and over and over again, and it's so easy, guys, but it's all about being willing to give up so that you can get up. So my author set a goal, you know, maybe five to 10 books per month. That's a marketing expense. And I don't know what you spend on your marketing, but I spend money on my marketing. So if you think about five times five, that's only 25 bucks. What are we talking about here, right? 10 books, that's 50 bucks. What are we talking That's $50 plus the shipping and handling to invest into marketing your business. And if you get one person that's says yes, that one opportunity can open up to more speaking engagements. Now, can we say you do need to be ready? <laughs> so when you do get that speaking gig, just because you know how to talk about a thing don't mean you know how to talk about a thing. So that's also another important, important, important factor when it comes to speaking. Very true. You touched on this earlier, but how do you determine when it makes sense to either um, uh, speak at something for free or to pay to speak at something? Because I think a lot of times those are, it's a massive misconception that that's a, you know, speaking for free is a bad thing. Paying to speak at something is wrong. That doesn't count. That's cheating, you know, or whatever. Or like, that's just completely backwards. So for you, it sounds like that that's a, you know, decent part of the business is speaking for free or speaking or, or even paying to speak on certain stages. How do you kind of determine when it makes sense and when it doesn't? When the audience is right. So like for, 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 for exist, for example, Um, speaking for free, it might be an event, you know, 20, 40, 50 people. Great. Okay. I'm I'm not going to, especially if it's local, I don't have to spend a lot of money. I'm cool with being able to do that, especially if I can be able to make like a free offer, give away something in exchange for contact. Now, if there's an event where we're talking about major exposure and it's not even sometimes just about exposure as far as the people, but like the social proof, because nowadays, you know, social media and social proof is so important. So if you could be able to be in an environment of, you know, 500, a thousand people, you can get content of you doing that. So you can use that for future, you know, future opportunities. It's worth it. And again, everything I look at is an opportunity. It's marketing. It's investing into my marketing. So I always make sure like what are, you know, what is going to be the return on this? And so the return might not always be necessarily financial, but it does give me good content. It gives me the ability to be able to show people that I have been on stages with a thousand. So if I ever wanted to get into like the corporate space, I can show, listen, I can handle large audiences. This is what I do. This is what I have done. Um, now 
Another thing I just want to even add this in because I, I specifically work with most of my, my speakers are coaches. So they're typically always pitching, right? So they're always pitching something at the end of their talk. But I know that there's some people that they don't want to necessarily sell coaching. They just want to be paid to speak or make, you know, things of that nature. I've had clients where they want to speak at schools. You'll find that many times some schools won't really have a budget. So they say, um, for speakers, but they'll always have a budget for learning materials. And so you're able to, if they can't pay you to speak, you can pitch your books so that they can pay you. I had one young lady that started doing this and she was going from school to school pitching herself. And, you know, the first school couldn't pay her. And then the, the second school said, listen, we'll buy 200 copies. Then the next school, because she started building up this rapport, oh, we want 500 copies for the kids and paid in retail cost for the books. Now she's got schools willing to pay her to come and speak and also for books. She just closed a deal with the YMCA because they loved her so much that they asked, can you turn this into a curriculum? And they literally gave her a flat out major five figure check for her to come and speak. Renewed it again for this summer coming up so that she can speak again. So sometimes guys, you know, for those of us who want to get in a space where you want to be motivating or motivators, you sometimes got to be willing to put that grind in. It means you might not make money up front. You might be speaking for free. You might, and if you have books, you can maybe sell those books, right? But you have to be willing to put in that work to gain that social, um, social proof, the social evidence, so that eventually those people who are looking for you to come and motivate and educate and pay you up front, they'll be willing to do it because you have proven results. Good. Very good. Uh, all right. Before we wrap up here for people who are, are going like, all right, I want to be the next Taria. Like what advice do you get for the, the speakers that are authors who are early on in their journey, who are trying to take some of those next steps and are, uh, and, and look at someone like yourself and just like, boy, it just seems like, you know, you got it all figured out. Everything's working well. Um, uh, what, what advice would you give to them? Well, absolutely. Well, I would definitely say, um, you know, create that game plan for the book. How do you plan to leverage it to build multiple streams of income? Uh, many, of, like I said, many of the people that I work with are coaches, so they'll have a coaching package or a retreat that they can leverage. And then you want to start pitching yourself. I even challenge you guys find 10 organizations, conferences, media outlets. It doesn't even have to be all the same. So like, for example, you might find five media outlets, just search, you know, they have now this AI technology. You could literally go to one of these, hey, I'm not going to give any plugs of names, but you could go to one of them and say, Hey, give me the top media contacts in Atlanta, Georgia, name, email, and phone number, and they will give it to you. And then what you do, pick up the phone. Hey, who's responsible for getting speakers on there? Or, you know, guests, I would love to send you a copy of my book. I want to challenge you guys to find five media outlets, then also find some podcasts. By the way, Grant, I actually met a, a young lady who built a whole business just off of getting on people's podcasts. So find the podcast and find the media outlets and then also find you the conferences. And I wanna challenge you to send out 10 copies of your book at the time of listening to this audio. Send those 10 out and then follow up. The fortune is in the follow-up. Don't wait for them to call you. They've got your money <laughs> or they've got your audience. You have to claim that. And the only way that they're gonna really believe in you, you got to show up. So you gotta follow up with those individuals. And the third, make sure you get with me, okay? I got a whole game plan here where I can show you the mistakes that authors make. Um, I can also show you if you need to reposition or rewrite your book, the things that you can do so that you can republish it so that people are going to buy it, but most importantly, how to leverage it so that you can be able to build those multiple streams of income. You want me to get to the site? 
And if yeah, people want to find out more about you, uh, where do we go? 10kbook.com. So that is my free, it's like a 15 minute masterclass where I'm talking to you about those mistakes that many authors make while they never make money. And then also what it's going to take to really get that book to the next level. I have a big belief. If your book did not make you $5,000 before you published it, you need to relaunch it, okay? So I'm here to show you guys how to be able to generate income, get people excited about it, ambassadors, people promoting you, and truly, truly launching it the right way so that I can position you for success. So 10K book, one zero, the number 10, 10kbook.com. I have a goal of helping 1,000 authors who are speakers and coaches this year generate over $10,000 per month. So we're going to get it one author at a time. That's awesome. Taria, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hi, friend. Are you ready to get serious about taking your speaking business to the next level? Maybe you are someone who is looking for ways to book more paid gigs, or maybe you're trying to figure out all the different things that go into building a successful speaking business. Or perhaps you are an experienced speaker who wants to scale your speaking business to multiple six figures. If that's you, I'd encourage you to visit thespeakerlab.com slash call. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash call and book a free, no obligation call with our team. And if you're not quite ready to take that leap, I don't want you to hesitate in checking out all the free resources that we have available to you on our website, including this podcast. So head over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Find hundreds of blog posts, how-to guides, podcast episodes, email scripts, proposal templates, and so much more. Finally, I got a big favor. I would love for you to leave us a rating or review for this podcast. We read every single one, and it also helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to build their own speaking careers. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.